What's up, guys? Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 11 of the One Broke Actress Podcast. An honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and I'm going to keep the intro really short today because we have an awesome, jam-packed, informational podcast, and I don't want to keep you very long. So, Cliff's Notes. OneBrokeActress.com, follow me on Instagram, subscribe to the call sheet, rate and review this podcast. Literally, that's everything. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Guys, today we have Molly Gardner on the podcast, and she is a badass makeup artist. She has her own hair extension company called Girl Get Glamorous. She runs Girl Get Glamorous Makeup. She is an extremely talented woman who actually started out in the comedy world in LA. So today she is going to share with us how she got from that comedy life doing stand-up to getting into the makeup world, how she transitioned um, slowly from one job to the next. She's also going to talk us very slowly through the perfect natural on-camera makeup look, which we all know is harder than it seems. She's going to give us a shit ton of product recommendations, which will all be linked in the show notes, which will be up at onebrokeactress.com by Friday at the latest. Give me a little leeway time. There's a huge list on this one. So make sure you check in there later in the week because it's going to be a very, very good list of show notes, including tons of affordable products she recommends. And don't worry, boys, because we're not leaving you out. We also talk a bunch about men's skincare and things that men that men's that males can do uh for their auditions so i'm not gonna keep you any longer because we got an hour and a half of quality shit coming up so uh without further ado please enjoy molly gardner i'm here with molly gardner hi molly hi sam (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming we have Everyone has so many questions. Oh, good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, wait, I can't believe this is your first podcast because you have a YouTube channel. I do have a YouTube channel. I have never been on a podcast before. I love them and they intrigue me. And I've always wondered, like, what if I was going to do a podcast, what it would be about. But I feel like YouTube works somewhat better for me, I guess, just because of all the visuals. Yeah. But I do like, I like to chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> There's information to be had. Okay. So, yeah. let's start out with what you do and how you kind of got to where you are because you kind of have an interesting story yeah I guess how far back do you want me to go from um, like why like, I moved to like Los why Angeles you moved to LA. yeah mm-hmm. so I moved to Los Angeles to actually to originally to be a comedian and I was a comedian for 12 and a half years I really loved it I was a comedian and an actor and then about three and a half years ago I started blogging and I started a beauty blog girl get glamorous and I felt like it fulfilled the creative outlet in a lot of the same ways that comedy did. And I felt like it was really helping women. And that was such, it was so interesting to me because I just thought I'm going to talk about makeup. I'm going to talk about the stuff that I like. (laughs) It's going to take the pressure off all my friends who don't want to talk about makeup all the time. Like, you know, I'll just find my people. And it ended up being really fun and funny. And then I, from that our mutual friend, Maddie Curley, I did her makeup for the blog one time and I did a few other girlfriends. I would just have them come over and I would play around doing makeup on them just so it wasn't my face all the time on the blog. And then... So this was just something you were kind of into. It wasn't like... Yeah, it just, it was, I was like, this is really fun. I really like blogging. It seems like 
it's it seems like it's going well it seems like it's useful to people and I think as you know when you're a comedian and an actor there's so many things that felt outside of my control even as a comedian and even as when I switched over and started doing stand-up from improv I felt like I had more control with stand-up because you are controlling your content you can some in some ways you know hustle more shows or whatever it was but even still it's just everything sort of fell out of my reach sometimes. Mm-hmm. Talk, and, preach, sister. Yeah. And so I think what really appealed to me about blogging and YouTube, and I remember saying this to one of my friends when I first started, was that, that it just seems like it makes sense. The numbers add up, you put in the work and the views go up, or you put out the content and the views go up. Everything just felt like it made sense for the yeah. first time in a long time. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this feels good. I was like, this feels normal. Like the, this feels like how life is supposed to be where you do something and something comes out of it. And I, I, so I started doing makeup on people for the blog and I ended up just really liking it. And from there, I started doing makeup professionally and it's been about three and a half or four years now. And from the blog, I also started a hair extension line because it was really difficult to find hair extensions, my color, which is strawberry mm-hmm. blonde. And she's a beautiful hair color. You guys will see in the picture. We'll do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's I, I, it just, I don't know. It's, so it seemed like everything happened really naturally and it was a really hard decision to leave comedy. It was re- the first, I feel like the first six months when everyone, I, anyone would ask me like, are you still doing comedy? And I would say, no, I would feel this catch in my throat. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm not acting. And I never thought I would be there, especially when you put 12 and a half years in, you know, yeah. and it would just always catch in my throat. And then after a little while, it just felt really good. And I was like, this, this is, this is just where I'm meant to be in my life now. So that's my long answer can I ask you a question about that of course yeah did you feel like it felt like that because you were giving up something or did it feel like that because there was this expectation from you to do the comedy thing and then when you weren't doing it anymore it was like you that actor trope that you quote-unquote gave up I think for me if I'm being totally honest, it was a little bit of an ego thing. Like I'd put in so much time. I felt like I'm going to be the most committed out of anyone. And I'm just going to keep going until I'm the most successful. And so in some ways, when I stopped doing it, I did almost feel like not like a failure, but like, like a, like I was like, I'm giving up, I'm giving up this Mm -hmm. whole thing that I put all this time into. And then there's the 12 and a half years that you put into something. And, you know, when you, when I started out and I was 22, you don't think about when people say like, get a good job that has benefits and blah, blah, you know, like you don't think about it. And then all of a sudden one day you're 32 and you're like, oh, I get what people are talking about. Cause that's when your friends start getting married and buying houses and having kids. And you're like, I'd also really like to go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, you, you know, after you're like, seventh time trying to like switch dentists and negotiating (laughs) cash cash prices for to fill cavities I was like oh gosh I like I really get what people are talking about and I guess all that's wrapped up in it you know like there's no it just was really it just it surprised me how emotional I was about it but it also didn't surprise me at all because I'd put so much time into something and even though that's like, what's that saying? When one door closes, another opens mm-hmm. and another door had totally opened for me. It just, 
I felt like, oh man, this whole life that I had and all these really amazing girlfriends that I made from doing comedy and like all these friends that I had from it, it just felt so funny to be like, now I'm in this whole other world also. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Oh, yeah. I think about that all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. We got real deep, real fast. We're supposed to talk about <laughs> makeup. Okay. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> back to that. Okay. So you started in this world then. You made this transition. It started out with a blog. How do you go into doing that as a career move? I held on to... Because I think there's some actors who have considered doing this part-time too. Do you think that's something that people can do? Doing beauty blogging or Mm -hmm. makeup. When I first started blogging, there wasn't... It was about four years ago and there wasn't a huge way yet to monetize things. Everything was just emerging, reward style. I mean, I guess there were Google AdWords. So when I first started out, it wasn't a huge moneymaker in my mind. Mm-hmm. It just was an outlet. And there's no, it's it's so funny because when you're a creative person and you're trying to describe to your friends that have just always had a job in real estate or finance and you're trying to describe to them that you want to have this creative outlet and you don't have a plan to make money, you can just see the steam like coming out of their ears where they're like, it doesn't make any sense. I have had like, people ask me with what I do, they're like, what is the ratio of money to time you've spent on it to money you've earned? And I'm like, it's like zero to a thousand. I, it yes. doesn't even add up whatsoever. Yeah. And, and it just, I don't know. I guess, I guess it really helps if you're going to be doing a blog to have been an actor for so long and to just always have felt like, well, you don't make, it's not a steady, I do this and I make money. It's an invest, a time investment into hopefully making money, more money in the long term. Yeah. So that was my plan. And then reward style came along. And of course that's great because if you're already linking things anyway, you know, that's awesome. But I was really surprised when the hair extension idea sort of came to me because I realized that you couldn't find extensions, my color Mm -hmm. and that it was like this thing that just came up where I'm like, Oh great. Like this is an, an awesome next step because one, it helps people. And two, it's just, it's, it's a great business idea. Yeah, not to chew my own horn, but but, you know, it just, I mean, it's going okay. (laughs) It felt like I was like, this feels, this just feels like a really natural thing. And then of course I do makeup as well. And so it, you know, between those, those three things. But I think when I initially started doing makeup and I wasn't totally professional yet, I held on to my other day jobs and I just used that money to live on and and invest in my makeup kit and invest in my blog so that there was Mm -hmm. never a moment where I was like, where am I going to lose my apartment? <laughs> Can I eat food this month? You know, that was the that was the transition. Yeah. Okay, cool. So she knows all sides of this world, which yeah. is kind yeah. of helpful. Well, in terms of that, then, you do a lot of makeup for on camera. I do a lot of makeup, yes. And that is a whole bag of worms. <laughs> it really it, – man, Sam, I, I wish that I knew now – I wish that – I knew 10 years ago when I was a comedian what I know now about makeup, actually. And, like, I'm really happy to share anything people want to know. I know you said you got a a bunch of questions because I remember taking an on-camera class, which I think was one of the most helpful things that I ended up doing. And every week I would change my makeup just to watch it on camera to try and pick up tips for auditions. That – wait, that's a hot tip. That's great. Thank you. Okay, (laughs) that's so smart. You guys should do that. It was really before the days of self-taping. It was just – 
taking self taping mm -hmm. was just taking off. Like I still remember trying to film myself when I went, of course, cause you know, the second you leave town, you get an audition. Yep. And so I was at my parents' house in upstate New York and I got this audition for something, you know, some big thing. Everything's a big thing when you're out of town, <laughs> right? It's like, you have to get this tape in. This is huge. This is going to change your career. And you're like, I just, okay. <laughs> I'm at the supermarket with my parents. I'll film it when I get back. Uh, you know? And the last thing you want to do when you're you've like so checked out, and that's when you have to put on the full yeah. face to do the whole thing. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I hadn't worn makeup I think in four days and <laughs> whatever. So at the time it was great because I was taking this on camera class and they had a professional lighting setup and you were getting feedback. And so I thought, okay, this class is whatever eight weeks. I'm gonna do eight totally different makeup looks and see what works on camera. Genius. Thank you. Uh, well, at the time I was wearing really full coverage, which is so crazy when I think about it too, because I was pretty young then and I definitely didn't need full coverage, but it was just, I, I, I don't know, it was what I just got into and I would go on camera. You know, when you take a photograph, it's really interesting. So when you're taking a photograph, now it's a little bit different, but about five or 10 years ago, you definitely wanted a little bit more coverage. It would just especially with the the big lights and blah 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 it would just look great now I feel like everything technology is just moving so quickly that yeah you know everything HD, HD. yeah it, it's so you have to adjust a little bit but at the time I had this full coverage face on I, I, I remember the first time going to this on-camera class and I just thought oh my gosh I look because you're moving you're talking it's so different than a photograph and the lights were on and I just remember thinking I looked so flat so one dimensional oh, okay and also in hindsight the fact that I was so focused on the makeup during an on-camera acting class should have been a sign to you know that maybe a career change was like <laughs> on the horizon or should be on the horizon like I there was no moment where I was like that was a great scene that was a terrible scene was I off book was that the right a character motion I was like really one-dimensional looking interesting <laughs> noted <laughs> Oh my God, that's you know? so good. Yeah. Yep. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah. So I would say the biggest difference is between a photograph and when you're going in for an audition or just even when you're when you're on set, I'm always open to actors telling me what their their best features are, things that they don't like for certain makeup models, especially because they've been working for so long. Like you talk to a model and they're like, yeah, I've been working since I was 14 years old. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Cool. I remember like getting my babysitting permit from the Red Cross. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm a Red Cross certified babysitter. Oh my God, I had one of those too. Yeah, and I was like, a mom, I would literally just go over to my parents' friends' houses while they were making dinner and like sit with their kids in the yeah. kitchen. Yeah, and I think like, I made $4 an hour and I was stoked. Yeah, I was like, and I mean, to be honest, like you were rich because you were living at home with no expenses. Yeah, so, I had like $36 in a savings account. Yeah. I was good to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And they were modeling probably in like Milan. Oh, Jesus. Absolutely. And so it's crazy. So when they're like, oh, I have this, this or this, uh, like, you know, some people just can't wear eyeshadow underneath their, their eyes because it makes them look a lot smaller. Or if people have smaller eyes to start with, they can't line the inside of their eyes. Mm -hmm. Some people have their, were what's called downturned eyes. And so instead of it just being more of a traditional almond shape, it's just, it slopes down just a little bit at the end. And that's what I have. And so you just flick up any of your eyeshadow. You just sort of angle it upwards on the outer corner and that'll lift the look of your eye. Interesting. Yeah. And, and it's interesting in all, so on, oh my gosh, I'm getting so I know. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Tangent away. 
But I, I really, I think now with HD and all of that, the best thing you can do is really hydrate your skin, really moisturize it, let that sink in, grab a beauty blender. And I, this is like, I hate to just say a brand name and be like, you have to get this one. But I will say. I like favorites. The real deal. Like there's, I've never used a sponge where I'm like, this is just as good as the beauty blender. And I remember the first time before I started to really get into makeup, I remember buying my first beauty blender and I remember buying my first eyeshadow palette and the beauty blender was $20. And it just felt like, I don't know why it was one of those things that felt like all the money in the world at the time. Uh Like I'd probably been to Whole Foods the day before and spent like $15 on a salad and a bag of chips and a kombucha or something stupid, Yeah, you know? And then I remember going to the store and buying a beauty blender and spending $20 and feeling like, this is all the money in the world. This better work. This better be the real deal. Like I had such an attitude about being a consumer, I've like purchasing something. Definitely spent over twenty dollars on one drink and a and tip at a bar, Absolutely. multiple times. Absolutely. And then I wouldn't. I've never bought. I've not, I don't have a beauty. I don't have a beauty blender. Okay, well, <laughs> the next time you go to buy a drink, be like maybe a beauty blender instead. <laughs> okay, so what one do I want to so, buy? The actual beauty blender brand is the best one. And I actually prefer the black one. It's the pro, but you can buy it at Sephora. You can buy it at Ulta. You can buy it. I think you can buy beauty blender at Ulta. I don't know. Maybe not. I think you can. Yeah. But it's the black pro version of the beauty blender. Oh, good. By the way, my neighbors are starting uh, yard work as well as construction. So (laughs) thanks for holding, guys. Well, just onward. It's okay. (laughs) Beauty blenders are more important. I guess everyone's got to make a buck, huh? Um, Oh, man. So, yeah. So... Beauty blenders, the black version, it's totally worth it. You, When you start your makeup, just put it under the sink, squish water into it, then squish water out with your hand. Does it need to be warm or cold? doesn't matter. Okay. And then push it into a towel to get more of the water out, and then you just put it back on the little container that it comes in. Don't throw that out. That container is actually the beauty blender stand. So you oh. just pop it on top of the stand and then let it sort of dry out a little bit more. And then I do my moisturizer and then I press, you just, it's called bouncing. You basically just like, you're literally just bouncing. Like if you were on a pogo stick, you're just like bouncing (laughs) the beauty blender into your skin. And that way it doesn't lift the product up, but it pushes it into your skin. And then I do like, I really like the Laura Mercier primers because I typically hate primers. I hate how they feel like silicone and they are thick on your skin. It just doesn't look like skin. But the Laura Mercier, I've used that on you before. Mm-hmm. I, I use it on everyone. It's just, I don't know. It's incredible. And I almost, it's one of those things where people are like, what are your skin secrets? And the greedy part of me wants to keep it to myself to be like, I don't know. I guess it's just technique. <laughs> just know? lucky, I guess. Wow, I don't know. Just years of experience. Um, <laughs> but the truth is like, it's probably this uh, primer. And so I push everything in with the beauty blender and then I use a medium light coverage foundation a little bit more luminous and that looks really beautiful on camera like so you do so you beauty blend your moisturizer too yeah oh okay that's a hot tip so you beauty blend the moisturizer do you let it sit for a minute and then you put on the primer or can you just like go I'm gonna be honest with you I'm probably not gonna wait for anything to sit yeah, well, that's, that's, that, that's <laughs> I get that. Uh, no, the beauty blender really helps because it helps push everything in so it's absorbed because you don't want to just have a moisturizer sitting on your skin and then a primer sitting on your skin and then put foundation on top of that. Yeah. It's going to look heavy and it's going to feel heavy. And I just, I feel like I don't want to, once the makeup is on my face, I don't want to feel it at yeah. all. 
you know, it, to me, I just want it to feel like my face and I don't want to move my face and feel something. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And you're like, Oh, this is just, I want to go home. Or like if you face. touch it and like, yeah, your finger. Ugh. Exactly. So, and I apply my foundation with either my fingers or a brush sometimes if I'm in a rush and then I blend it as much as I can with my fingers. And then at that point, that's when I use the beauty blender just to press the rest of the foundation in and I call it finishing the look mm-hmm. because if you apply your foundation with a beauty blender, it's going to absorb a lot of more product and you're going to be, you're just wasting foundation oh. at that point. Okay. Here's how rookie I am. I totally thought that that's what it was for to like rub it. It's sort of, it, it is. And you, you can, and people do that. I just use it differently. I prefer to apply my foundation with my hand and then I, I, I just use the beauty blender as a, as a finisher for everything. I put my moisturizer on with my hand and then I press it in with the blender to get it all absorbed. I put the primer on and then I press, you know, everything is blended out with my hands. Your hands, because they're the same temperature as your body most of the time, they're just, they help. I don't know how to say this. I mean, I'd rather use my hands. It's like the easiest tool. It's easier. And just the temperature of your hands really helps the products get to the creamy consistency Mm. that they should be in. So I apply everything with my hands, but the beauty blender is honestly like, it just helps everything get that finished look and it makes everything feel so lightweight. Yeah. So that's a really good tip. And then also when you're done your makeup, a setting spray is really good, especially if you are an actor and you're running around town and and you've got two or three auditions in a day and a change and then you've got to go you know do like a lunch meeting or go to acting class and like those are eight ten hour days it's so crazy whenever you like I'm from a small town and I just remember thinking like acting just looks so fun and easy and like you I know, know I'm like they said three lines in that commercial they must have been on set for like 15 minutes yeah <laughs> or like when you first when you're a kid and you watch a movie and you're like I don't know why they don't come out with more movies they can probably just shoot the whole thing in like an hour and a half two hours you know yeah and now as an adult I'm like no setting spray you're gonna go on 17 auditions in one day oh my and god like, and then maybe in that year book like you know like maybe things yeah. yeah did uh would that be something that could help with a very common LA problem of sunglasses you know when you put the sunglasses on and you get those yeah. spots and it like messes with your concealer and stuff under yes. your eyes setting spray would help with that yeah okay. what I like to do is I actually take my beauty blender again and I spray the setting spray. You can, you can do this, just shake the setting spray up. That'll mix up all this stuff in the bottle. And I spray it directly into the pointed end of my beauty blender. And then I just squeeze the beauty blender a little bit so that the setting spray is working through and it's not just sitting on the surface. Mm -hmm. And then after I do my concealer and foundation, if I know I'm going to have a really long day, I just press that um, beauty blender in with the setting spray in it right over my concealer Oh. And you do have to work pretty quickly at that point to get your other products on because once the setting spray is in there, it just locks it on your face. And I know which sounds not healthy, but like the ones I use the Scandinavia ones and they have so many good ingredients for your skin. It doesn't. That's what I was going to ask if you have any favorites. Yeah, I do. There's this brand called Scandinavia. It's the weirdest name ever. I'm I'm over. I'm over. I really enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's such a weird name, but they actually make the setting sprays for urban decay. If you are in a Sephora or in an Ulta, flip over the urban decay setting spray bottles and it will say made for urban decay by Scandinavia. And I remember buying an Urban Decay one and seeing that and thinking like, oh, I really want to know more about this company that was that where their products are so good that somebody else outsourced 
you know, the yeah. creation, like, the, like Urban Decay has, is a huge company. And if they thought we can't even do a setting spray is good. We're just going to have them make our formula. I was like, I need to know about this brand. And oh so God, that's, that's a better price point too. I'm it's wondering. about the same, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. But okay, that's good to know. if you're an LA actor, I think namies and friends will recognize your SAG card for 10% off. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. You didn't? No. Yeah. Namies and friends beauty. This is literally why I do this podcast. It's nothing <laughs> yeah, to, to get all tips. But yeah. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Wait, namies and what's the other one? And friends. F R E N D S. It is on Laurel Canyon. They're both about a mile from each other. And they're both in the, ba- the they're valley. They're both in the right? valley. Yep. Yeah. They're both in the valley, about a mile from each other. Then there's also Nigel's, which is in Burbank. And I don't know if Nigel's does an actor discount or not, but I know Namie's does. And then a few years ago, I, I found out about Friends for the first time. And I just really liked them because they're a family run business and they've been a family run business for I think the past 60 years or something so I I, I, you know my parents had a had a family business and I just like supporting those as well yeah absolutely yeah and they're they're nice people there so yeah yeah you use your call ahead use your I think you have to have your SAG card and your ID but it's a good way to get discounts sign up for Sephora Ulta cards they send you stuff for 20% off a few times a year how often do you buy products, especially your favorite ones? Because I have a, a bathtub full of products that I don't use yeah. that are probably expired. When should you throw stuff uh, away? I, I'm, the, I'm the worst person to ask because I never throw things away. I'm gross. I really am. Like, so. But if I, that's okay to not throw it away. Because, you know, sometimes you buy mascara and they're like, this is done in a month. And I'm like, that's rude. I will say mascara is the one thing that I replace regularly because it is your eyes mm-hmm. and drugstore mascaras are incredible. That's pretty much all I wear. I used to wear Lancome. I used to wear, you know, like the $30 mascaras and, and it is painful every three months to be like, I'm going to spend another $30 on this thing. This is insane. And then I switched over to, I use L'Oreal telescopic now drugstore mascara. Another tip, unless you are, maybe medium or, or deep complexioned. If you're more fair or light skinned, like you and I are, try to get a brown mascara. And L'Oreal is really good at that. They have an amazing brown that's not too chocolatey where it doesn't look like you're wearing anything. It has just the right of pigment so that it actually makes, it really does deepen up your lashes, but it doesn't look like you're wearing mascara. And so sometimes if you're fair or light skinned and you're wearing black mascara, it just looks like makeup. But if you switch over to a brown, it looks way more natural, but still gives you the definition that you're looking for. Oh, okay. So that would be something good for those auditions we get that's like no makeup, natural look. Yeah. Yeah. To brown. Keep it really brown. And individual lashes, which I know they're tricky. Those are such a little bitch. I know. I'm trying. I've tried. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> I always say if you hold your, you know, if you hold the applicator or the tweezer and you just pretend like it's like a spoon and you're putting soup in your mouth, like if you have your arm with that it's sort like of, a, like what is that, that 90, 90 degree angle? I'm done. Yeah. And then, and then put it on, it makes it easier. And my, my, I think one of my other biggest tips that I always tell people is just before you get in the shower, if you have one thing that you want to teach yourself, like a cat eye, a smoky eye, individual lashes, something like that, just take five minutes before you shower to practice because it's no pressure. 
it's yeah. all about to come off. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. whenever I was trying to figure out like, okay, I'm doing a smoky eye, but it looks really weird. Why? I would practice and practice and practice. And then I would realize I'm using colors that are too dark. You think smoky eye and you immediately think like black. black. Exactly. And I was using black and like, you can see me, you can see through my skin right now. <laughs> like, you can see my entire circulatory system from the outside. And so like, I didn't realize that I could use taupe which is really light and get the same exact, you know, a, a, get the effect that I was going for that smoky eye. And so I would just do this like super black makeup and be like, why do I look crazy? And, <laughs> and I think I always say to everyone, if you want to learn anything, if you want to learn how to do wing liner, just do it before you get in the shower. Because if you're trying to do it before you go out at night and you're going to meet your friends out for a drink and you have to meet them at nine o'clock and it's eight o'clock, like you just start to sweat. It's never going to come out right. It's and then it gets uneven. on your foundation and it's a whole yeah, the and it's just, thing. yeah, so if you practice before then, it's five minutes, you know, we've all wasted five minutes on Instagram or tech reading, rereading text messages, whatever. Oh, that's so. true. That's really true. Yeah. Oh, but back to the okay. dates. If something smells weird, toss it. Um, get a little spray bottle and a, and a bottle of alcohol from Target or wherever, drugstore, and then occasionally open up your palettes, your powders, and just spray over your powders with the alcohol, and that will sanitize everything, and that does help prolong the life of your powders. Like open the containers and spray? Yeah. Um, yeah, so so I will, every once in a while, I'll just take my, my eyeshadow palettes, anything that's a pressed powder, not for your loose powders. Okay. So if you open up an eyeshadow palette, or if you have a single pan eyeshadow that you love that you're using all the time, you don't want to get it too close, but just lightly mist some alcohol over the palette. That will sanitize it, and that just helps make sure that you're. It'll make it last longer, and you won't be getting. It won't be getting germy. For liquids, I would say about a year. You're gonna to have to toss it, or as mm-hmm. soon as it starts to smell weird. Like I've opened things, and within a month they smell weird, and I'm like, man, this. It's not fun because you're like, I'm just putting money in the trash, but I I don't want it on my skin. Like if it's it smells true. weird, it's in the trash. It's funny because I will eat. I will not eat things that mm-hmm. I question. Yeah. But I'll be like, I think I got this mascara in 2006, but I really <laughs> yeah. need some right now. And I found it in my car. It's fine. Oh man. I did this one makeup job where it was, it was years ago when I first started out and they were like, can you come? And there's going to be all these women that are going to be, it was for an infomercial. Uh And they were like, all these women are going to come and they're going to pretend to be audience members in an infomercial. And they're going to come with their own hair and makeup done. And you're just going to tweak everything. And to, to a makeup artist, it's like your worst nightmare (laughs) to hear. Cause like, you don't know, like, it's like, it would be like telling like a doctor, like you're going to come into surgery and we'll see what's up. <laughs> and you're like, but wait, what, what are they coming in with? What are they, are we operating? We're doing like, what is it? And they're just like, just tweak it. And so you have no idea if somebody knows about like how to moisturize their skin properly before oh, applying gosh. makeup. And the one thing I noticed is that ev- almost everyone's mascara was flaky and clumpy. And I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, like this is the one thing you really need to replace every three months. And these, you could just tell these tubes of mascara, like were so old, the name was worn off the side. Oh. And I was like, oh gosh, like guilty. Yeah. And, and mascara is, you know, 10, 10 bucks in the store. Yeah. And sometimes so, it's buy one, get one free too. I do that far too often. Yeah. And so what you can do is take your phone and the day you buy mascara just go in your phone and scroll to three months ahead and on that same day just put a little note or reminder to pop up that says buy new mascara and oh that's smart yeah it makes a really big difference okay yeah uh 
So, okay, so we've gotten the foundation. Now we're mm-hmm. talking about the eyes. Let's talk about eyebrows. Okay. My nemesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really have eyebrows. Uh, they're so, they're the tiniest little thing. I would have been great in the 90s. Yeah. I would have killed it. But now I draw them on, basically. Well, yeah. Oh, gosh. Your, your eyebrows are really uniform, though, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm, I was a child, I was a teenager in the Pamela Anderson years when she was in her 20s. And, the line ones. Oh man. Oh no, I was I was in college, I think then, and I, I have pictures. They're so bad of me with my little tiny thin eyebrows yes. and the gel scrunch curls <laughs> and my bleach blonde hair. I was yes. like I don't know why. I was really like, oh yeah, Pamela Anderson. She was she, that's what I want to look like. I mean, she was just, I think at that time she was the ultimate. Was that when she married Tommy Lee? Oh, yeah. And do you remember? She was just like the ultimate bombshell. Oh, like, yeah. And now, I, you know, now I look back on those photos and I'm like, you you were not a great platinum blonde. <laughs> you need eyebrows. Not like 100% a role model either. Just yeah, I know. That out there. <laughs> I know. I hate to judge anyone else's life choices, but like 100% not <laughs> probably what you want. Like if you have kids, you wouldn't be like. Do you know there's an Instagram dedicated to uh the faux pas of our bad eyebrows from that era. Oh, I got to remember what it is. It's, Please it's, tell me. It's bad. It's I'll submit really a photo. Bad. Oh my God. I'll find it. Hold on. Cute. Okay. Keep. So. Okay. Eyebrows. So, so eyebrows. So yours are really uniform it, it, at least, which is great because mine, I p- over plucked them so much that they're really sparse and patchy. And so when you're drawing them in, it's sort of weird because the wrong products look fake and even up until like a year ago, I remember thinking like I could do other people's eyebrows so well. And I was like, this, this, how, why, how, how can I do this so well on other people? And I color my hair red, but I don't dye my eyebrows. And, um, you know, there are, oh, I've some, never thought about that. Yeah. I don't really notice it. I don't really notice it either. And to be honest, I kind of like it. And there, there's, there've been a few people on Instagram that were like, your eyebrows are a different color than your hair. Oh, well, Instagram will always knock you down a few pegs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, and I can't, honestly, I just block. I don't know why. It's like, people are like, don't you want? And I'm like, no, I'm old. I've got too much to stuff to do. I'm too busy. I'm not, I can't go back. I'm just going to block you. I don't I'm know. To, I have. I've been on a mission to put positive comments on certain people's yeah. posts of my friends, and I'm exhausted just doing that. I can't yeah. believe people who have the energy to post negative things. That's a whole other podcast. Anyway, I, eyebrows. <laughs> no, yeah, so, okay, so eyebrows. So what I learned, I actually went to, there's this great makeup artist, Fiona Styles, and if you follow her on Instagram, her, her Instagram is Fiona Styles. Her makeup is beautiful. She was Pat McGrath's assistant when Pat McGrath was first starting out, and just her makeup is really amazing. And she was hosting an event at Ulta Beauty. She used to have a, a a makeup line that's excellent and was discontinued at Ulta. And now you really can't find it anymore. Yeah. And it was, it was so weird because I felt like it was selling really well. And everyone who worked at Ulta was like, yeah, it's selling really well, but you know, who knows what is really going on on the other side. Like if there's a high number of returns or, you know, whatever, the business side of that decision was, but it was really a bummer because she had these amazing brow products. And so I went to go meet her and I asked her about my brows and she, she recommended and took out the darkest shade of eyebrow pencil in her line and started to do my eyebrows. And like, you know, when somebody does that and you're just trying to be polite and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to walk out of here and just look like, I, I mean, it's going to look like, um, like, 
didn't wasn't there an I Love Lucy episode where somebody has like black eyebrow? Or I just was yeah. like, this is gonna look insane. Yeah, like, I, I think of like like Mark like Groucho Marx. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking of is Groucho Marx. Where I'm like, you know what? It washes off. I'm just gonna be polite and we're gonna go home like and you need to go to the shower and get your makeup done at like Clinique. And I'm like, this is horrid, <laughs> terrible. I mean, and so yeah, and I I remember saying to her, I was like, and what color again are you using? <laughs> and she was like, brown ash or whatever it was. And I was like, are you? Um, and here I am saying to this person who's been doing makeup like 15 years longer than me, who's Pat McGrath, who's kind of one of the world's ultimate makeup artists, was her assistant and learned from her. And I'm questioning her going like, don't you want to use a red eyebrow pencil on me? And she was like, no, you have to match your brow color. And it sounds so stupid, but like I was like, my world was shocked. I just, my world changed. And then of course I look up in the mirror after she's done and it's the best my eyebrows have ever looked. Uh And so what she did was she, so this is my, this is my advice that is basically her advice was to take whatever color your brows are and match that exactly. So even if you color your hair like me or you get highlights or, or whatever, just get the pencil that matches and then outline the shape. And I recommend they make these pencils called Anastasia Beverly Hills, Anastasia Mm -hmm. Beverly Hills. I went there one time. Yeah. Makes one called Brow Wiz. What you're looking for is a micro brow pencil. It makes a super fine line. And so what you're going to want to do is starting at the arch on the underside. Okay. Start filling in there and then fill in the tail, the outer tail of your brow first. And then stop, put the pencil down, look in the mirror and then start to fill in the... <laughs> Did the stop, put the pencil down? is probably the only <laughs> advice I need. <laughs> it's so easy to go crazy when well, you're... I also always start on the beginning. I start on the, yeah. the inside of the brow. I notice that a lot of women do that. And I I like to start right at the arch. It's, it's Listen, actually... I'm not saying it goes well. <laughs> no, no. It's really interesting because I feel like I'm trying to think... I feel like I might have done that too. But years ago, I remember going to... SAG used to host makeup classes every Christmas. What? Yeah. SAG, where are you at? I know. And they were bringing these makeup artists from MAC, and they were the top-level educators, and so they were really good, really beautiful. And they they would bring them in. You would sign up for a session. They would sign up, like, they would be sold out in, like, five minutes, I swear. Mm -hmm. They would give you MAC gift bags. And so, you know, when you're a SAG actor and you're paying all these dues, and you're just like, I need... I need to feel like I'm my really... jaw is on the floor right now. I'm so mad they don't do this anymore. They they might. It was only at Christmas time. I don't know. I get all the emails. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe they. I signed up them. for every email list available. If I see, it, I don't think I I had to. If you hear about it, let me know. Yeah. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into it after this podcast. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. You can see if it still exists. Yeah, I'll I still have one of the eyeshadows that they gave me, and it's it's the color I use on everyone. It's called Tempting, and I put it on a little uh, angled brush and I put it right in the lash line and it makes your eyes sparkle on camera I even do it for men yeah I even do it for for men I do it really subtly and then when they get on camera their eyes sparkle all right tempting by mac yeah or bronze but tempting is the best one I use it on everyone all skin types interesting yeah every every skin tone I've used it on it's blows my mind so that's where you learned did they do eyebrows of theirs oh yes so that's where so they said start filling it in at the arch and I was like but no I start filling it in where my brows start and then I started filling it in on the arch and I was like wow I really use a lot less product 
that way because for most people, it's the end of our eyebrows that are the, the least full. And so once you start to fill that in and then you stop and look in the mirror, like everything really starts to look a lot more even. And then you can fill in the rest of the front of the brow and, and you'll, you'll use less. And then you always want the beginning part of your brow where the hairs go up to be a little bit lighter than the rest of it. Oh. Yeah. That'll Maybe give that's you... where I go. I tend to go too heavy, I think, in the front. Most people do. Yeah, and, if and then you, I just brush, 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 try to brush it out. And then it goes like up and muddy. above the eyebrow and it's yeah. like a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you try starting in the arch and just, you know, go really light, try to do little teeny strokes that are the same size as an eyebrow hair and then pick up your pencil, do another one, do another one. And then I, I always, when I'm doing my brows, I start out with clean brows. I brush them up, you know, brush them up first so you can see where the bald spots are. Start to fill in at the arch maybe brush again but you want to brush a minimal amount because you don't want to make the product all muddy because then you're just going to get those blob eyebrows uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about oh yeah yep. yeah so I fill in my brows now with a pencil that's my color and then if you have highlights or red hair or whatever like me then I'll take a caramel color and I'll add a few little strokes to sort of blend you it in blend it a little yeah I'll use two colors okay yeah okay this isn't too overwhelming yet yeah. all right <laughs> We covered our skin. We covered our mascara. We covered our eyes. Um, eyeshadow and eyeliner for auditions. Don't worry, boys, by the way. We'll get to you. Eyeshadow and eyeliner for auditions is tough um, because I'm never sure if I'm, like, closing myself off, if it's dark. Because a lot of, for example, auditions are in fluorescent lighting, which makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. And... What would you recommend as like a simple go-to eye makeup for an audition? Because you don't want it to be too much, but mm-hmm. you just pop on camera and so yeah. many factors. I know. it's, And then you never know if you're going to get one of those fluorescent light rooms or if you're going to walk in and it's going to look like beauty lighting. Yeah. Well, you're like, oh, thank Sweet. you. Thank <laughs> Mind you. if I take a selfie? Can I yeah. take a selfie before we start? This is exactly, um, they should, I don't know why they don't light rooms. It's like, this is what, it's not what it's going to look like on set. Yeah. But whatever, it's a whole it's a thing. I mean, auditions in and of themselves are, are not at all like what it's actually like to be working and on set. No, thank God. I I was the worst at auditioning. I would only book from what I had to do at home tapes. And I'm not lying. Like, every job I ever booked was be from an at-home tape. I would walk into a room and I would immediately start to have a panic attack. And I remember like I remember one time there was it was a really big audition for a show on, I think it was on Showtime and it was a three episode arc. And I was like, here we go. Like, let's like, like, you know, it was just part, it was, it was like, this girl was just supposed to be a Midwestern girl who's really nice and then just goes crazy and stabs somebody. And I was Fantastic. like, nailed it. <laughs> I was like, great, here we go. Uh, and I remember coaching on it and being off book and feeling like, here we go. And then I remember getting in the room and just, I could feel my body sweating all over. And I was like, please stop. And then I it's just, great when your body does things that are completely out of control out while of you're control. trying to audition. It's fantastic. I really wish I knew about meditating and all that when I was still an actor, because I remember in that audition smiling and slating. And then I just remember the room going black and the feeling of rolling back on my heels and I didn't pass out or fall down, but I 100%, I remember the room going black and the casting person saying like, did you read this before you came in the room today? And I was like, I am so sorry. I was like, I'm, I'm off book. I've coached on it. I'm, 
I don't know what's happening. And then at that point, as soon as they, as they know you're nervous, you're not going to get it because they think you're going to be nervous on set. Ugh. And I was like, I'm not going to be nervous on set. I'm nervous now. And it makes no sense to me, but I'm terrified right now. And I just remember getting in the car afterwards and I'm like, I can't believe you blew that. I was Ugh. so ready for it. But anyhow. Um, Dude, it happens. I did oh. that. I wrote an article about, I did that a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago for a show. That show's been canceled now, so joke's yeah. on you. But <laughs> <laughs> if they'd only, yeah, they'd only they gotten only you. They only would have Oh, so oh, anyway, so bad. makeup for audition. Sorry. Um, I don't know what made me think about that. No, you're oh, good. the fluorescent lighting or like yeah. the lighting when you walk in. Okay, so you don't know what you're gonna what it's going to look like. But if you want really good basic eye makeup, what I say is use a, one, keep your pencil, if you're going to use an eye pencil, really sharp because you want the line to be as close to your eye as possible. And if you're, so I sharpen my, my eye pencil twice when I'm using it, one time for each eye so that it's really sharp the whole time. And then you can get it really close into the lash line. Yeah. I hate when you can see like a line in between your lashes and your, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that, that gap. It just is really distracting it's like the opposite of makeup right it should Mm -hmm. enhance and so the second makeup is distracting it's like well that was you wasted your time (laughs) but um and then you can take what's called a smudge brush and it's going to do exactly what the brush sounds like it's going to smudge the liner and so I like to with a sharp pencil do my eyeliner on one side and then you can take the smudge brush and then just really smudge it into your lashes and then slightly up like everything with your makeup should go up all the time you know lift your face up and then you so you can do that and then I like to take a shade of taupe it's a for your for your crease and you want to make sure that it's only about one shade darker than your skin tone okay so that was a that took me a really long time to learn unfortunately (laughs) Um, I wish it did not but take a (laughs) take a shade one shade darker and then make sure you um really know your undertones so if you are really fair like me and you burn really easily or if your skin is pink without makeup on you're probably cooler toned if you tan pretty easily you are probably more warm toned if you feel like you're somewhere in the middle you're more of a neutral tone and eyeshadows will have undertones to them as well and this is something you could walk into Ulta or Sephora and be like help and one of those people will help you yeah help and or I always recommend to find somebody on YouTube who has similar coloring to you. Oh, that's smart. And then they'll they'll probably like like me, like I've spent so much money just testing a zillion different products and can say like here's my top 5 at every price point. Great. And so I look on on YouTube and I'm like, wow, there's all these in any skin tone any hair color, any eye color, there's always a blogger where I'm like, she, she, I can tell she knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And they'll usually have pretty good color recommendations. And if they're a medium to smaller account, usually they'll write you back if you follow them on Instagram and ask them questions too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yay, micro-influencer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. 10 to 15. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> too many DMs. You know, yeah, maybe not that many. But um, yeah, so then what you're going to want to do is you'll take a little bit of eyeshadow on a pointed crease brush. And this okay. is going to be a fluffier brush, probably about three quarters of an inch long with a, a tapered pointed tip. And you're going to start at your outer crease and just really gently, like like a windshield wiper, just wipe that back and forth, back and forth. And I think one of my biggest tips as a makeup artist is you want your brushes to barely be touching your skin. So my 
initial instinct and I think most people's instinct is when you get a brush is to like press it as hard as you can into your skin and just like rub 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 Uh you know what I mean because it makes it makes sense like Good. Especially when you get a really soft one, I'm like, oh, this yeah. is so good. <laughs> More. Just like absorbing all the oil on my face. Like it actually, there's, there's, I don't know why, but it just, it's so much harder to blend out any shadow when you press it in really hard like that and get too much pigment on. So just, you know, tap it in your brush, t- tap your brush into the shadow, tap a little bit on the back of your hand or just wherever it is so that you're not working with a ton of product. Mm-hmm. And then just really lightly windshield wiper that into your crease. And then you're going to take a shade of eyeshadow that's the same as your skin tone. And so for me, that's a cool toned ivory. And you're going to put that all over your lid. And that will make, what that does is the the crease shade will add definition and make your eyes look bigger and just give you that depth. And then that lid shade will make it look like you have more eyelid space and make your eyes look bigger but then you also have that liner in your your eyes which adds a little bit of depth and then if you can wear a shadow on your bottom half of your eye then what you'll want to do is take that take a bronze eyeshadow shade and take a like the mac one that you're yeah like the mac (laughs) one that I love yeah that's a great one and then take take that and you're going to want to put it on a I'm trying to remember the name of the the brush that I love, but it's a thin liner brush and it literally, there's one from e.l.f. that I love. It's like three bucks. Oh, that's my favorite company because I can buy so much stuff from them. I know that's, and you know what? That's one of my top posts on my blog year after year. All the e.l.f. stuff? Yeah. And I think if you Google search it, it comes up like number one or two on, on Google search is best e.l.f. products. Oh, great. I know. It's amazing. And I really, I just, I love e.l.f. Their brushes. This is such a funny story. So I got invited to go to the Elf store in Glendale by their social media team. Oh, I forget they have a whole store. They have a whole store in Glendale. It's amazing. And that, but isn't everything they sell like less than $10? Like, isn't it super cheap? Yeah. Much? I think they have a few skincare items now that are more, but it's really affordable. It's really great. I, I think it's cruelty-free. Their skincare stuff is actually really good now. Oh, great. I was so surprised. So so I went to the <gasps> store. That makes me so happy. You guys, we have an affordable product yeah. that's good. Oh, and yeah. And so I went to the store and I'm meeting their social media team and I'm, I'm a tiny influencer compared to all these, basically like what felt to me like teenagers who were there, who are these huge <laughs> bloggers. They are. It's okay. Yeah. And people were like coming in the store to take photos with them. And I was like, am I so old? I like, I don't feel old at all. And I was like, how do I not know who any of these people are? And like, I go to a fair number of blogging events. So I'm like, how do I not know? And then I would, they're like, oh yeah, she has 2.4 million followers. And I'm like, How? I, I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, teenagers. I think teenagers just watch so much YouTube. It's amazing. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm the, the social media team of Elf is showing me around. They're showing me all their new launches. And I'm like, thank you so much for having me. Da, da, da. And then she says, we have new brushes. And I'm like, oh, I love the Elf uh, Precise collection. They've got these clear handles and white, white bristles. And so I say to her, I don't know who sold their soul to the devil for these brushes to be so good but they are incredible. And I kind of like, I don't know why I just expected her to either just like laugh or just whatever, you know, (laughs) she goes, I didn't sell my soul to the devil. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was just kidding. I was like, I, 
I don't know who gave their firstborn to, and I was like, stop talking, stop, stop talking. You're like that old lady over there is making weird jokes. I know, and I was like, just trying to like make it, like, I, I was like, I feel like that's a really common expression is like who sold their soul to like make this. And I just realized, I was like, you are coming off like a little jerk and you need to stop talking. And I was so mortified. I was like, I'm so sorry. Thank you for showing me around the store. Thank you for hosting me. Oh my God, I think that's hilarious. Oh, I was so embarrassed. I was so mortified. I was like, my cheeks were just so red and I was like, I wish I could take it back. I wish I could stop saying it. I wish I could stop this right now. And I mean, honestly, thank that's goodness. That's even something though that you'd say in your head and think, oh, that's weird. I should keep that in. I felt like I really insulted her and it was so mortifying. And she was, she could not have had better manners about the whole thing. She was like, it's not a, it's not a problem. Uh, let, let's, let me show you another thing. Like she's so gracefully moved on to the next thing. And I literally was like, I want to die. I want the floor to open up like a sitcom and just swallow me whole. Like, okay, I'm on board for your joke. Though. <laughs> okay, thank you. I enjoy it. So I mean, they're great brushes. They're great brushes, and they're all under ten dollars. And when you start, when you start, especially when I started doing makeup and I started investing in these really nice high end natural bristle brushes, like the Wayne Goss and the you know all the ones I can't even pronounce half of them. They're these incredible brushes, but they start out at $30. Yeah. And, you know, you need, like, you honestly probably need about five brushes minimum to, to do your makeup. And so, you you know, it just really starts adding up quickly. And the e.l.f. ones, I use right alongside all of those $30 to $40 brushes. Yes. They're amazing. They're really incredible. Okay, Nobody great. sold their soul to the devil nope. to make them. <laughs> they're, they're perfect. I know. But somebody might not take jokes well. That's good to know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just was so, I was so embarrassed. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. One more thing I want to add with the eye makeup for auditions is that you should always have a clean makeup brush on hand that doesn't have any product on. And then when you're done applying your makeup, take the clean one and just really gently buff out those edges. And that way, when you buff out those edges, it just makes it look like there's no makeup on, if that makes sense, because there's not a line between the makeup. Yeah. Yeah. For the eyeshadow. If you buff out the edges of the eyeshadow, you're going to make sure that you don't see the eyeshadow and then your skin. You're just going to go, oh, like Sam has these like big, lovely open eyes, you know, because it's smooth. Yeah. It really just, you just buff out those edges with a clean brush, buff it out underneath as well. And all it does is it diffuses the edge of the eyeshadow and it really makes it one with your skin. So then you just get this beautiful, like if you go on, um, if you go on the Instagram account for, I think his name is Hung Van Gogh. He's another incredible makeup artist and his eyeshadow looks are always like, even if he's done this gorgeous red smoky eye, you never really see the edge of it. It just fades into the skin. It's, it's really beautiful. Cool. Yeah. I'll attach that in the show notes. I'm going to look at that. Um, Okay. So we have some questions from the broke actor Facebook group. Awesome. And so we can make them short or if you want to elaborate or like however you want to go with this, because I feel like we covered that the full look pretty well. Um, okay. So dealing with redness and, um, in terms of foundation or should it be concealer thing or something like that? I, and then should you cover up redness and then put on blush? Hmm. (laughs) There's, it's tricky, isn't it? To learn it all. It is. I, I think redness really starts with your skincare. So there's a brand called the ordinary and that's another great line where everything is under $20. Most of the products are under $8. And nice. yeah, language. Yeah. And I will say their website can be a little bit tricky to navigate cause it's, it's really heavy on the science and I'm a nerd and I love science, but even 
when I start to get in those descriptions, I'm like, oh, this is too many. It's too much altogether. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking like I'm a halfway intelligent person and like this is, it throws me off. But there is one that deals with redness. And I've really noticed that if you, the night before, do a skincare cream. There was another one that I used a long time ago too, but it was like $90, which... You know, it was, I was like, this is a lot of money. It works. So that's good because at least it works. Um, It would be awful if it didn't. And, uh, but if you start the night before and just really make sure you're using a, either a spot treatment or a cream that addresses redness, you'll wake up the next day and you'll have a much more even base to deal with. And then at that point, I think if you use a, I don't typically, I don't love green primers, you know, which counters the red. Those, I always thought those were a little funny. They're a little bit weird. And if you take a photograph sometimes, like, I don't know, it's just, it's just kind of weird. And so at that point, what I like to do is if you have really heavy redness and you're, and you would lean on more of a full coverage foundation, probably what you want to do is start with a tinted moisturizer okay, and then do your tinted moisturizer first and then go on top of that with foundation and you'll get that additional coverage that you want but you're not putting on four coats of foundation where it just looks like cake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cake after cake after cake. And and that's, I I remember I did that for years and years and it like looks really beautiful. And then one of the Kardashian makeup artists a few years ago was like, I have this hot tip for everyone. And I was like, me too, man. (laughs) I was like, but it was like, good. I'm like, all right, we're on the same page here. Uh, So that's that's really good. Yeah. And also if you use a foundation that diffuses light, that's a one that's a great, on like camera. an HD foundation? You know, there's all these HD products now. Yeah, there's a lot of HD products. I I don't really have any products that are specifically HD in my kit. That's good to know because some of them are kind of expensive. And I'm like, is this a worth new it. trend that's worth it? Yeah, there. I would say more than anything on everyone, I use Kogundo foundations, the Armani Luminous Silk, and Charlotte Tilbury makes a great foundation called Light Wonder. And all three of those really diffuse light. And so you'll put on one coat and it will feel kind of light at first and maybe like not enough coverage. And then you take a photo or see yourself on camera and the it's the way the particles are in the foundation. It literally diffuses light as though it's a it's just a filter that you have on your face. And that will like a, wait, like a wearable filter. Yeah, you had me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like science on your face, and it just—I <laughs> don't know how it works, but it—it it, the light comes in, and the foundation bounces it back. Cool. If you go, if you if you go on any of their sites, they'll go way in more into detail on, on all and of I'm that. I'm linking but, all of this stuff in the show notes, guys. So don't don't uh, don't stress. Yeah, and I would say especially a light diffusing concealer is yeah. going to work wonders. Like great, yeah, that's, love an under eye concealer. I I think that's the biggest question I get. And um, Becca actually has a product that you dab on before the concealer, and you put that on. I've used it on you before too, mm-hmm. and it just takes away any sort of dark circles. And I I always say like if you really want to make sure that the you focus a lot of people focus concealer in a half moon shape under their eye. And what you actually really want to do is make sure that the inner corners of your eye, right on the sides of your nose, have concealer. Because if you look in the mirror with no makeup on, that's generally where you're the darkest, where most people are the darkest, is they have a dark spot right on the side of their of their nose. So make sure you get concealer there. And then I like to bring it down my eye in a triangle shape. I read once that you have to you should pretend like it's a 
ice cream cone and it's like a triangle and then a little cone on top. Yeah. I never put concealer on my lids. Oh, I know some people I do. I totally do that. Is yeah. that weird? No, I don't think. I mean, it's each to their own. I, some people definitely do. I... But you also said you use a, a eyeshadow that's the same color as your skin tone, so that might be yeah. And I use better. an eye primer, which okay. I should have mentioned. I okay. use an eye primer, and that helps all the shadow have more pigment mm-hmm. and last longer. Um, and I also I don't know, but I, my eyelids also don't have a ton of discoloration, and so I think if they did, I probably would put concealer there. But I really focus it in that triangle shape under my eyes, and that basically just. It brings so much light to the center of your face, mm-hmm. and that's where you want the light. You, know, yeah. you want to look illuminated right here and then deeper on the outside of your face. Okay, and then in speaking of terms of that, how do you feel about uh, contouring, and does it need to be done for – is it too much for, like, an audition room? I don't – I think it depends on – I love contouring, but I do contouring really light. So, and I yeah. think I think most – makeup artists do for for film I think contouring has sort of got a bad rap on Instagram for a couple years with like super sharp lines or really harsh you know whatever but you just need a powder that's again one shade darker than your skin tone and for years I couldn't find one because I'm so fair so I would actually just use my eyeshadow shade and I would (laughs) use that as my contour powder and I was like I'm fine because I would try a, a traditional contour color and it would just be like a bronzer. I mean, oh yeah. I, I have some photos. It would just be like a distinct line on my face. And I'm like, well, I do look slimmer, <laughs> but I also look insane. Uh, and so if you just take a shade, that's one shade lighter than your skin tone. And I use a face brush that is thin and tapered. You can also use a fan brush and just really gently start at your ear because you do want the contour to go back that far. And just, you know, just really get into the hollows of your cheek. I really contour my forehead pretty heavily because I have a larger forehead and then I do a little bit under my chin. But I think, I think I like contouring on camera because foundation really does sort of make your face one dimensional. It can. And so you just want to put those curves back in there a little bit. It doesn't have to be drastic, but I, I notice it. And so I'm a big fan of contouring. Okay. Okay, that's an easier definition because, you know, now you see, like, contour kit and this and that, and it can be as simple as one shade darker, cheeks, forehead, under yeah. the jaw. Okay. Unless you really have um, – unless you tan and your skin tone really changes or you do spray tans and your skin tone changes a lot, most people only need one color. And I wish they wouldn't sell the kit. I, I like, mm-hmm. get why they sell the kits because it's a good – sales technique but you yeah. only need one shade it's nice it makes it a little less intimidating yeah okay so we hit on contouring we hit on the redness the under eye concealer um let's touch on the men stuff a little bit okay so for men what's a real is there a simple skincare routine they can use and when you do do makeup for men do you have like a couple simple things you use because you know if you don't keep it pretty bare bones I think most guys I know just won't do it Okay, so for men, I think, oh my gosh, this is one thing that I've tried to get my boyfriend to like really get into because he's still using the same cleanser from high school. And I'm like, dude, we're... If, if I could even get some lotion on this fella's face. <laughs> I know. I swear to God. A little, a little something. You would think sunblock was, was like slime from Nickelodeon. Remember when Nickelodeon would just like just drop yes. green slime? I'm like, you need sunblock. 
So one, guys, you have to wear sunblock. Wear sunscreen. Thank you. Wear sunscreen. They Can make- you say Caleb wear sunscreen? Caleb wear sunscreen. Thank you. Darius wear sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> and they make such good sunblocks now. La Roche-Posay, you can buy at CVS. That one, they have a one that's just called water sunscreen. It literally feels like you're putting water on your skin and then it sinks right in. And you don't get a, you don't get a burn at all. And not only is sunscreen preventing you from getting a burn today, it's preventing you from getting melasma, which is the darkening of your skin that can take over whole areas of your, of your face and it's preventing you from wrinkles, skin cancer. So think of your skin in 30 years. Early aging is not appropriate. I mean, I'm telling you one of the, one of the trickiest things for me to deal with is melasma because you really do have to go pretty full coverage to, to cover it. And you know, I don't know. I just feel like generally speaking, not that many people want to wear a really heavy base, really Mm -hmm. heavy foundation. Especially, I can't, I I I feel like boys can't feel stuff on their face. Yeah. It needs to be so simple. So I think with guys like wear a sunblock every single day. I don't care if you're just going to go in your car, just Mm -hmm. put on sunblock. Two, clean your face, but do not clean it with a harsh cleanser. I don't know why. It just seems like at least from my experience, every guy is like, here, I have this orange burst morning cleanser. And I'm like, what on earth are you I, putting on your skin? What are you talking about? With the little bubble Yeah. I'm like, did you just get your babysitting check? Like, what are you buying this? Go buy a men's, like, don't, you don't even have to do that. Just, I, I use, I personally use DHC cleansing oil that keeps your skin hydrated. It melts off makeup. It just, it's, a, I've been using it for almost 15 years. I'm obsessed oh, wow. with it. Yeah. And you don't have to wear makeup to use it because the, the, it's the, I've tried every single cleansing oil you can try and it's the best one. I keep going back to it. I don't sell it. I'm not sponsored by them. I just love it. Love <laughs> like that. it's, but it, I honestly, I feel like it sounds like I'm like sponsored by them because I'm so obsessed with it. I think that's a great one for guys if you can get them to use it because you just put one pump on your hands and it gets all the oil and junk out of your skin. Mm-hmm. So you start with a really nice smooth base. Um, but if not, just go for a hydrating face wash. You know, I don't love the traditional ones that you see in a drugstore like Cetaphil has a lot of chemicals in it and that sort of thing. But I don't like that stuff either. Yeah, I don't know. It just is weird to me. But um, Derma E, you can find them at Whole Foods, Whole Foods and Ulta, and they make a great hydrating face wash. And I think it's under ten dollars, and it's all natural. Great. So Derma E has a lot of really good products if you're on a budget, like a lot. Okay. Yeah. So face wash, simple. So face wash, yeah. Sunscreen, sunscreen, toner. If you can get them to use toner, I know that's really. Well, for our actors, I think that's a little yeah, more. I feel like yeah. actors might, right? And so take a gauze pad, not a traditional cotton pad. You can buy it in the first aid section of a drugstore. Mm-hmm. Take a gauze pad. Just cut them up into tiny squares. Put your toner into a gauze pad because that will absorb less product. The cotton squares will absorb a ton of product. Like gauze like you use to wrap something? Yeah, gauze like oh. you literally have to go walk into the first aid section. Oh, that's such a good thing. I also hate cotton balls. Yeah, and they drag on your skin. It, Ugh, the noise yeah. they make. Ugh. I know, the feeling. <laughs> oh my God, Ooh. I'm so glad you agree. People think it's so weird that I hate cotton balls. No, I hate the feeling of cardboard too. It just, uh, Yeah, that crunchy, smooth. Oh, it's, it's making my <laughs> spine crunch up even just thinking about it. I hate it. I hate how it Nailed feels on my hands. Hate it. Okay, so uh, now okay, you so have yeah. a toner. Yeah, so walk into the first aid section, buy gauze, cut it up into little one-inch squares, put toner on your face after you cleanse. Toner, make sure that it's hydrating because uh, Elf actually makes a great one called, I think it's called Essence, and you put that on after you wash your face, and it what it does, people think toner takes off any extra like 
stuff you might have missed washing your face, which it sort of does, but it also just makes your skin more hydrated and preps it. Like the biggest thing you want is hydration because we, I at least used to tend to dry my skin out mm-hmm. so badly with all these products. Oh and my God. You, I was on Accutane twice. Absolutely. Oh gosh. Yeah. How was that? Bad. Seems like it would really dry your skin out. It right? was, I would like touch my face. And it would just like fall off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard from people. Of years. Yeah. I mean, it was worth it in the long run yeah. because I had bad, 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 bad skin. But Really? Mm-hmm, you have terrible. such great skin now. Thank you very much. You um, really do. It's been a little work in progress. <laughs> wow. I twice. never would have guessed that. Twice. Within wow. like two years. Bad, oh my gosh. Bad. And I've heard people say that their skin is like painful almost. Like it's just so dry was, that. Yeah. But I remember it was like things I could discovered Aquaphor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting couple of years. We've come a long way. We have come a long way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Or you've come a long Yeah. That's incredible. Thanks. Um, I'm so sorry. I dra- I'm dragging all these answers out and they're so long. No, no. Okay, I love so it. For I men, love it. There's um, so much information. Yeah. Okay. So for men, wash your face, use a toner, use a moisturizer. If you don't want to use a separate, scr- a separate sunscreen, use a moisturizer that has SPF. Yep. Jack Black, you can buy it at Sephora. You can buy it at Ulta. I, I use the Trader Joe's daily face sunscreen oh. do you like it i i do it's very much like it's like a copy of olay oh that's if you so read interesting the ingredients, they're like the same it's like the same size bottle oh spf 15 i always wondered about the trader joe's beauty products i use a lot of them really <laughs> yeah. are they good yeah i have their face i use their face oil wow uh, i use their oh, i love that you're using a face oil yeah i like i like face oil i actually yeah. like to use face oil when i if i wear a lot of makeup like after auditions yeah I don't, tell me and tell me if this is too actually too much. So I come home and I will use the face oil, um, rinse it off, and then they have a tea tree oil that's all natural stuff, just to like really get everything out. I use that. Oh. And then I dry my face and put on oil. I love oil. I love oil. I love oil. Trader Joe's is. I'm such a I'm like a no. person. I use. I mix all of their oils together and yeah. then I like pat it on all over my face. Every I'm like case I own is stained. Oh my god! Every face mask is like black. <laughs> yeah. so I go to bed at night and I literally look like an Egyptian goddess. I'm just. Yes. I've like anointed myself with oils. <laughs> I'm just covered in oils. My dogs love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's once you start using oil. And when you find the right ones that actually work for you, mm-hmm. it's game changing. Cause you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, my face looks young. My hair looks young. My nail, like everything in your life is everything. just. Yeah. Oh, oil. I'm all about oils. Obviously not. This is too much for the boys, but. No, but yeah. guys, guys could use an oil at night. At night. That would be great. At night. It would be great because oil something. really does. It just, it's amazing. It's the, it's the fountain of youth. It's and so good. yeah. So I think so for guys for daytime, wash your face, use a toner, use a face cream and then an SPF or a face cream with SPF if you're a super minimal guy. Jack Black makes a great one with SPF. That's what I use even though I'm a lady mm-hmm. and I just feel like it absorbs right away and that is a huge thing for me. I hate feeling like there's things on my skin. And then at night, wash your face, use a toner, use an oil and also I think an eye cream is great for guys. I okay. know... Are you have a favorite? Even if it's a girl one, that's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I think skincare is so unisex. It's just marketing most of the time. But <laughs> Definitely. Uh, again, DHC makes a great eye cream. It's called COQ10. And it comes in this huge tube. It's 0.88 ounces, which is almost twice the size of most eye creams. I want to say it's $39, which, you know, I know is not like dirt cheap. 
but the tube lasts you forever and you put it on your skin and you just in about three weeks your skin is brighter it's just your texture's bouncy it's incredible I, I remember using it I remember it was like I was probably in my late 20s and I just started noticing that I was looking really kind of I don't know is, is haggard too harsh of a word to use on yourself but I, oh. I, I remember just looking in the mirror and thinking like wow I feel like I should look younger than yeah. I'm looking you know and then and then DHC had sent me a bunch of products to try and I was like cha-ching right yeah and uh so I was trying all these products I, I'd been a fan of their cleansing oil forever and I was blogging about it and they sent me these other things to try and the the that eye cream man I'm in like three weeks. I was like, I, my skin looks like 18 again. It changes the, it makes the texture so bouncy. So on board for this. It's amazing. I'm still trying to look like I'm in college for the next 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. We're doing so well here. Okay. Great. I just have a couple more questions and you can answer these in like shorter spurts because they're more specific. These are like very specific to you and your job. Okay. So, um, one girl says I have a pretty curly hair. It's pretty unmanageable. Uh, without some love like products and a blow dryer uh, first thing in the morning. So would stylists normally prefer that I come to set with it washed and probably frizzy or should I style it in some way might they have to undo? So if an actor is coming to set, for example, say like you're doing for a commercial um, and they show up to set and they have hair that like needs tending to. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky. I, I have like my next day hair is always great. Yeah. I'm like very lucky in that. But for people who need a little something – would you say you would advise them if they can't get a hold of the the producers or something to come with freshly washed dry hair? I think freshly washed is every stylist preference. It's good and use whatever use your products that you typically would use. Just make sure they're not super heavy. Okay. Because the number one request I get from producers is like, can you make the hair bigger? Can you make it fuller? So so use whatever amount of products you're going to use in your hair. Cut down the actual amount of the product in half. Okay. Super minimal. Your hair will have a ton of volume, but then you'll still have the, your anti-frizz, you know, whatever. If you have really curly or really textured hair, I would say maybe style it. You know, unfortunately, not every stylist is great with working with that hair texture. And so mm-hmm. you do want to just make sure you look your best. But I think generally speaking now, it's like 2018 and they're really starting to I feel like when, when you book a job, I get grilled so that they can make sure that I can work with every hair type and you yeah. know, complexion and all that. So that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so well, what if someone wears extensions and so they wore extensions, for example, you're an extension pro, hey. um, <laughs> hashtag girl get glamorous. Uh, if, if she wore extensions to an audition and then she booked the job, should she bring her extensions in her hair? Should she just bring them with her to set? I would say bring them to set. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, most stylists are pretty comfortable working with extensions. If if a stylist seems uncomfortable working with them, offer to clip them in and just say, like, I wore these during the audition. Because I know sometimes, like, I remember when I booked a commercial and I wore super heavy makeup during the audition and then I showed up on set and I did almost no makeup. And the... uh, ad company was there and they're like you look so 
different. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm about to get fired right here. So I think it is important to take a photo of yourself on the audition day and just bring that in and show it to the hair and makeup person. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, because sometimes people feel like, oh, that's going to be too many extensions to look like a natural mom selling me yogurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you say like, this is what it looks like when I have them all in. This is what I look like when I booked the job. Yeah. I would love to look like this today. And I think as long as you're polite, any hair and makeup person will be like, great. Yeah. Okay. So come in with that kind of attitude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, I guess that's not so specific. Come in with them clipped in if that's how you're most comfortable. I used to always eventually show up with my own hair and makeup done. Probably a faux pas. Yeah. I think I'm not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do it. But I will say uh, when I do have this podcast is great because there are times when you book, especially actors who are non-union, book these small gigs and it's like show up with your hair, show and pair and makeup ready. And I'm like, mm. what the actual fu- one? I, I hate that. Yeah. Because I hate doing my own makeup for camera because I just trust everyone else. But then sometimes mm-hmm. they do it and I'm like, oh, mm. my eyebrows are red. That is uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's something. It's good to know. Um, but I actually always keep a small bag of my own backup makeup Smart. because I've done, I did a film once and the makeup artist, do you remember? I was texting you. Do you, do you remember this? I, I texted you during the shoot <laughs> and I was like, she is opening wet and wild cosmetics on set. She is set up in a random room. There is no light. She was opening wet and wild cosmetics and she was using Q-tips to apply everything, including like foundation and eyeshadow and eye. And I was yeah. like, I didn't use, I was like, I need to step out to my car really quick. And I pulled out my mini makeup kit yeah. and I did my own face in the car yeah. because I was like, this is not, this is so bad. I can't go on this way. It was so bad. I know. It's sometimes, especially when you're doing non-union stuff, guys, you almost have to be at the ready to fix yourself and it might be a little looked down upon. So do it quietly. But Sometimes you know. As long as it looks really natural and you look yeah. better, no one's going to ever say anything. No. Like, and a lot of the time, male first-time directors will never notice. <laughs> they, they don't even – I swear to you. I had a director say to me one time after makeup, he said, oh, this stuff really makes a difference. And I was like, this is your job. This is your job. Like, that, that's insane to me. I was oh, like, of course God. it makes a difference. That's like that's like going up to the lighting guy and turning the lights on and off and going, wow, makes a difference. <laughs> I was like, you don't think that they're spending millions of dollars a year hiring makeup and hair people because it doesn't – it was it was crazy. I know. It's but insane. I don't know. To be honest, what I've learned as a makeup artist is especially on set – it's different on photo shoots because the makeup – they schedule the time. It feels like it always – there's more time for hair and makeup – but on set, for whatever reason, the hair and makeup always felt rushed to mm-hmm. me. And so it's certain always times, the last position that gets rushed. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is I was never the series regular. And so I just eventually would start to ask, like, is it okay if I do my own hair and makeup? And I would ask, like, I don't know. I wouldn't ask at the audition because that's a little presumptuous. Right, you know, like, oh, right, right, right. When, when you book me, is it okay <laughs> if I come looking like this? But I would always, like, ask my agent, like, hey, is it okay if I do my hair and makeup as I did for the audition? And honestly, there were so many times where pe- they would be like, yeah, that's fine. And I remember showing up to a job for Comedy Central and, like, I just – they were so relieved because they were just <laughs> – you know, they were like, we just want this to go – we want this to go on time. So we're not paying everyone overtime and blah, blah, blah. And I was just nervous that I was going to get rushed and get 20 minutes for hair and makeup both. And then kind of look gross, you know, Mm -hmm. for a big show and whatever. So I did my own hair and makeup and did extensions, did everything showed up. And the makeup uh, guy looked me over and was like, wow, you did a great job, which again, should have been another, maybe (laughs) another red flag. (laughs) Yeah. Another red flag. (laughs) that like, I wasn't in the right, uh, on the right (laughs) side of the camera, but we made it. 
Um, is the, uh, what other makeup questions? I'm not we answering have here? any of these quickly. No, you are. No, no, no. This okay. is perfect. I'm in no hurry. I love this. Um, okay, how are makeup wands and brushes and all that cleaned on set in between actors? And how often do you clean them? And then how often should we clean ours at home? So let's start with on set. Okay. Cleaning them between actors and models. They should be switched out between every person. Okay. Like, Does every person have their own set or do you just, do you spray it and like clean it? I use this cleanser that comes in a, it's blue and it comes in a big bottle. I want to say it's called Cinema Secrets Brush Cleaner and that is a brush cleaner and disinfectant. And so what I'll do is in between people, I will soak the bristles in it and you just hold it in there for like five or 10 seconds and then you swish it across a paper towel and that will take the product out and sanitize it. Okay. And if they're going to be using beauty blenders on set, you can spray a little alcohol into the beauty blender, let that sit for a, a little while and then go take your beauty blender soap, which again has oil in it to disintegrate the makeup and a disinfectant to cleanse it. And then that way it's sanitary, but it's a really, it's crazy because now I know how clean and how careful I am with my kit. Mm -hmm. And I never thought about it when I was an actor. I just assumed they were always cleaned between people. I've, I've sometimes asked, I was on a set once where I was like, I am going to bring my own. I brought my own brushes. I was such yeah. a dick. I was, it was a non-union set and I just knew that people in charge weren't taking care of stuff. Okay. You can just, you kind of feel things yep. out. And it was a longer movie shoot. So I brought my own set of brushes and I would, the makeup artist would carry them around all day. And she was like, thank you so much. I didn't have extra. And I was like, something you should think about, but that's fine. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I mean, I get it. They're really expensive. Yeah. Like I have some eyeshadow brushes that are 40 or $50. Oh my God. And so I'm not going to have two, like some days. To me that sounds like owning a pencil that was a hundred dollars. No, I mean, that's how it feels to me. And so like I worked on a, a, a shoot for Elle and there were, I think 15 talent that day on set. Wow. And so there was no way any of us were going to have 15, even three or four sets of brushes. Right. You but know? if you properly cleanse them, then, yeah. then that's, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. It's just good to know that people are looking out for us sometimes. Uh, and then cleaning them at home, would you recommend the same type of thing? Yeah. I say the beauty blender should be washed every day. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did my I did makeup for a really close friend of mine one time and she she was shooting something at her house. She has a studio at her house at her house and she was shooting a promo for her business. And it was one of my closest friends, so I felt comfortable doing it. But I there wasn't enough room on set for me to to be there. So I would go look at the camera, make sure she was okay, and then I would I was literally sitting in her bedroom. Like <laughs> you know, this is like how As close you do we on are. Sets. Yeah. And uh I looked over Sam and her brushes were literally crusted with makeup I could see it from like two feet away I could see foundation and I just had an audible gasp like <gasps> it was like as if I'd spotted a body coming out from under her bed I was like what and I just started cleaning and I I took my I don't think anyone would be mad about that she came in and she was like hey what's up what's up <laughs> and I was like I'm I'm cleaning all your brushes I mean and I said when was the last time you cleaned them and she said I've never cleaned them uh, Sam, I cannot tell you how many times. So Listen, I'm not, not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Everyone tells me that I, they, I never washed my brushes. And here's why you need to, here's why you, here's how you should wash them. And then why you need to, you need to wash your brushes because if you, which, what should I say I was going to do first? Okay. Here's how, how you wash your brushes. Just grab one or two every time you wash your hands and then take it with either the cleansing oil or 
a um a face soap I don't use dish soap I know some people do I won't I won't wash my brushes with anything that I wouldn't use to wash my face that's my rule Oh God, it makes so much sense when you say it like that. Cause, yeah, because there's gonna be there's there's inevitably gonna be a little bit of soap residue, and I don't want that on my skin, drying it out, or just I wouldn't put Dawn soap on my face. No offense to Dawn soap, but I wouldn't no, put it on my face. So <laughs> I, I don't want it peel, on my brushes. I'd go get a chemical peel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I just use whatever I'm using, and then I I will wash one or two brushes. So just think about it. Like if you're working from home and you wash your hands five times that day, just try to wash a brush every single time. It takes you ten seconds. The less product you have on your brush, the less time it takes to wash. So you're just washing a brush so quickly and it takes you five or 10 seconds. Gently press the water out and just put it on the side of the sink to dry. Okay. And then that way you have a clean brush every single day. Yeah. You know, um, if you don't want to do that, just once a week, grab your brushes, clean them. You can buy, Elf has a great scrub mat and you can, you, you can scrub it. I actually, one of my favorite things to wash my brushes with is baby soap. And I've actually used that before in a pinch as my face wash as well. Mm. And it, I felt like, hey, I wouldn't make this my main face wash, but I don't mind it on my skin. And it really takes makeup out of brushes really well. Cool. Yeah. So just wash them. And the reason why you need to be washing your brushes at least once a week is because if you don't, it really changes the performance of your makeup. So you're uh. going to get streaks. If you're, you'll get, like, if you have so much blush in your blush brush that you are putting on a peach and the last seven times you did your makeup, you use pink, you're just going to get a pink blush, Yeah, you know, so you're not going to get that true color. And like we were saying, like with red on your skin, you, you can use blush, just use a peach instead of a pink. Okay. I forgot to mention that, but that's why it's really important because you don't want the colors to get muddy. And once you wash your brushes and then the next time you do your makeup, you're going to see a huge difference. You can sort of slide into it. Like you don't see a difference because they're just dirty. And so this is just what your makeup looks like. And it starts to look a little bit muddy and weird. And all the colors look sort of muted and mushy and weird. And then you wash your brushes. And the next day your makeup is just crisp and the colors are beautiful. And so just go get some baby soap. Get a little scrub mat from Elf. Okay. All right. Fine. (laughs) It doesn't take as long as you think. Yeah. I think it. it's just the... As most people think. But also just knowing that I need to do it is something that I'll, I'll yeah. do. I just, I'm yeah. telling you, this podcast is no. very personal. <laughs> and not just you. I'm telling you, Sam, every single, I only have one friend who washes her brushes really religiously and hers are Tom Ford. She's, she's very, she's a very fancy lady. Oh, wow. And so she has all these Tom Ford brushes and she does take really good care of them. She watches, she washes them with her DHC oil as well, which is really good for natural bristle brushes oh okay good good. because the oil doesn't dry them out but if you have synthetic brushes like elf the baby soap is great oh that's great yeah i think we covered everything oh good i know there's i feel like i have a ten thousand i want to talk to you about headshots versus film versus we're gonna have to have you back at some point like for (laughs) season two for season three i'll have to have you back because i have so many questions um would you be down with doing a video with me at one point and we'll do the whole natural look we went over and yeah. do it on camera and put it Absolutely. as a podcast? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when this podcast comes out, guys, the show notes will be on onebrokeactress.com and we'll have the video filmed and accompanying it on there too. So you can see what she means by stroking upwards and like we'll see some of the products we talked about and yeah. we'll go through my 
I'll wash my brushes with more than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so if people want to follow you and see the see your blog and see your hair extensions and all that, where can they find you? Because I think you have a couple Instagrams, right? I do, yes. I Our lovely friends, the Riker brothers, mm-hmm. were like, you need a different Instagram for your makeup work, which was true because it doesn't really go along with the blog. You know, it's a yeah. totally different vibe. So on Instagram, you can find my blog at girlgetglamorous. You can find my makeup artist account at Molly Gardner Makeup. And you can find my hair extension line at Girl Get Glamorous Hair. And it's gorgeous. And it's a really good price point too. Thank you. For beautiful hair extensions. I've never worn hair extensions, but everyone I know has them. P.S. guys, if you want a big Hollywood secret... You have to get hair extensions. Everyone wears at least one or two. Everyone wears one you're the two. only person I know who your hair actually looks like you have extensions in. Like you got really lucky. <laughs> you got so lucky because you have so much hair. It's, it's so amazing. Much hair. But everyone wears. I wear, everyone wears hair extensions. I wear hair extensions everywhere. Even just one or two. I don't. I don't have them on today because I'm just in sweatpants. Yeah. You're, no one is. <laughs> yeah, but magic behind the mic. Exactly. No one knows yeah. That. <laughs> but um, I wear them all the time because I just throw in a couple wefts. You. When you get extensions, just if you want them just for volume, just get them trimmed to your natural hair length. And any, just okay. ask a stylist to point cut them. That's because you can't cut them horizontally. You have to point cut, and the stylist has to cut them vertically. Okay. And they can just cut them the same length as your hair. And then you just throw in one or two wefts every day, and it looks like you have shampoo commercial hair. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Ex- oh, thank you. My, I, yeah. I, I appreciate it. I did, I did direct to consumer because I wanted them to be a lower price point because I remember being an actor and I remember being a comedian and like and knowing, and knowing, I think it's a secret. I feel like no one talks about it. How, yeah. okay. Everyone's getting Botox and everyone's yeah. getting hair extensions yeah. and some people are getting filler, but basically Botox and hair extensions. Mm-hmm. I think that's, and we'll talk about, I'm going to go get Botox soon. We're going to talk about that. Are so, you? Yeah. I got it once and I loved it. I'm going to, I want to do it and like make it a whole thing for the, po- well, oh. the podcast where my mom's probably listening to this and having a panic attack yeah. right now. <laughs> it's fine, mom. Before I went to go get Botox, I was so nervous. I Googled, can you die from Botox? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly Googled it in my car, sweating outside, oh the, <laughs> outside the office. And then I went and I got it done and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, I use really nice skincare and I still was like, this is different than skincare. It's a level. And once you get, I feel like you can, once you realize that everyone has Botox and hair extensions, you can start real, you can start seeing it. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. It is interesting. Like everyone should just, just do you, especially in Hollywood. You got to up the stakes a little bit, guys. It's crazy because so many people wear hair extensions and they're really good. So you can't tell. Mm -hmm. And then we, we only notice bad extensions like yes. one length super heavy extensions you're like oh they're wearing hair extensions but when somebody's just wearing like really nicely tailored like tapered cut mm-hmm. to them hair extensions you it's sort of I don't want to say life changing <laughs> that sounds like a, <laughs> that might sound a little bit dramatic but Push, plug plug away girl <laughs> but uh yeah it's a it's def- a definite self-esteem boost but um so yeah you can find my blog is girlgetglamorous.com and the website for the hair extensions is girlgetglamoroushair.com. Cool. Yeah, I'll and, link all those two in the show notes. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and the YouTube, my YouTube is actually Molly Kirker because I oh, started. Oh, good. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. I started YouTube. I Well, I didn't start YouTube. I signed up for a YouTube channel like eight or ten years ago before mm-hmm. it was a thing. Like, honestly, because I just wanted to watch 
you know those animal odd pair best friend videos? Yes, oh my gosh, I was obsessed with them. And I just was like, I want, I want to, I want to find the most amount of odd pairing animal best friend that videos. That's what YouTube was for. Yeah. For ra- finding random, like that Will Ferrell clip with that little girl. Do you remember that one? Yes. That was like the first Give me my YouTube money. Video. Yeah, that was like yeah. the first YouTube video I ever saw. And now yeah. it's like, it's the search engine. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, so that's, I have like a weird, my YouTube name is just Molly Kirker. And I'm like, I guess I'm glad that it's not like, I love cats or I love animal best friends or like something weird. I could have definitely signed up with it being like animal best friends. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it and then I had, I had a a decent number of subscribers and I was like, I don't know if you can change it. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a hole I haven't delved into yet. Yeah. I'm getting there, but. Well, we'll, t- we'll put a, we'll put a video up and then you can put it on your YouTube Technology, channel. man. It's like a world that we're in and yet I understand nothing. 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 I'm trying so hard. Just trying to get the followers on the Instagrams. I'm trying media. My friend Lindsay said, anything you want to learn, you can learn from a 13 year old on YouTube about technology. Boy, if that isn't the truth, I don't know what it is. And probably about makeup too, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But definitely technology. It's crazy. Anytime I'm like, how do I do this thing in iMovie? I go and there's just, there's like 25, 13 year olds who are like, oh, okay, all you do is like right click. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh my God. Okay. Then we could do, we could go on for forever. So yeah. we'll make, we'll have a video attached to this. Um, and we'll hear from Molly again soon because this was so good. Um, I will talk to you guys in just a bit. So if you feel like you were just bombarded with so much information, but you're not sure what to do next, don't worry. All of these show notes are going to be at onebrokeactress.com. All of the products that Molly mentioned today will be on a list on the website by Friday. So keep an eye out for that post. Also, make sure that you are keeping an eye out because we have a YouTube video that we did that we discussed in the very end of the podcast. We made a video for her YouTube channel of her doing this natural makeup that she describes for a perfect on-camera look on myself. So I will link that as well. I'm sure I'll post it in my Instagram too. So speaking of, make sure you're following Molly and make sure you're following me at Sam Valentine. Make sure you're subscribed to all the One Broke Actress stuff. Guys, this is the end of episode 11. Do you know what that means? That means there's only one episode left in this podcast season. Holy moly. Only so much time left to get your rating and review in before season three gets bumping. So get that shit done, guys. Thank you, as always, to Maggie Zabo for our beautiful theme song, and I will see you next week. Mm